Hello, Sports Reports is ordered, is here. Mr. Logical, and I'm 2-5. Yes, you are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is ordered. So, tonight, we got some business to tend to. You know, we're going to get it started with a little get it off my chest. Mr. Logical wants to talk some boxing, and I got another coach in my crosshairs. <laughs> then we're going to talk about the NFL, what's going on in the league. We got our first head coach firing, and it was not Todd Bowles. So both of us got that one wrong, but this guy deserved it. He deserved it. Then, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit of association. Guess what, y'all? The jig is up. Harbaugh, you're done in this town. You're out of here. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. About to get $200 million. You know what I'm saying? Sports Reports is ordered. Here on a Wednesday night. Let's get it started. So, Mr. Logical, you know, like, there's a lot going on in the sports world. You know, like we talked about. It's exciting. We got the World Series going on right now. You know, uh, we could crown a champion tonight. You know, still 0-0 going into the top of the seventh. Zach Gallon with the no-hitter so far. You first know, start so. in the World Series history with zero innings to the first – zero hits to the first six innings. That's what yeah. just popped up. Yeah. So, 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 you know, I picked Arizona to win this series, so, you know, I'm pulling for them. But, you know, we may crown a champion tonight, you know. But first – I guess it's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. So Get it off about, my chest. Talk about some other champions. We'll talk about the other champions, the other fight, the boxing champions. We all saw the the reaction. Maybe a lot of people didn't see the actual fight between Nagano and Tyson Fury. I started watching around like the six when Mike texted me saying that he had got knocked down. Oh, he just gave up a hit. Uh I jinxed it. The commentator <laughs> thinks that happens. So uh that's how you know we made it. You know, you get to do the commentator. When, when you start affecting the universe, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you start affecting the universe, that's how you know you made it. So hopefully I can affect the universe in this way. Tyson Fury had the fight with Francis Nagano. It looked, I mean, it looked, if it was two genuine heavyweights, the fight wouldn't have been that exciting. The excitement aspect of it was Nagano is this MMA guy. He's not a big talker. He's not a big, you know, outspoken guy like a Conor McGregor. The McGregor Mayweather thing was crazy. But it looked like he just was methodical, tracked him down, cut off the ring, took some shots, delivered some shots, and really had Tyson Fury, like, off balance. I don't know how one judge scored it 96-93 with a knockdown, but that's neither here nor there. So I'm on Facebook in one of our sports groups. We have a conversation with a guy. And Eddie Hearn, Anthony Joshua's uh, promoter, said that, you know, came out and said, listen, Anthony has no interest in fighting Nagano. He was like, he wants to fight for belts and belts only. So I'm going back and forth with this guy. So all we really know is what his promoter said. So I'm having a conversation with this guy. And he was like, man, he should do it. I'm like, what's the upside? Like, there's no reason to fight Nagano. Like, what's the upside? He was like, money. I'm like, Anthony Joshua's net worth is $50 million. I think it might have been 50 million pounds or $50 million. I wasn't sure. But either way, it's $50 million. 
Yeah, so he'll get a little money. But what's what's worth it? If you want to fight for belts and championships in the heavyweight division, fighting an MMA guy in an exhibition fight is not, not going to get you there. He was like, how do we know he feels that way? I was like, literally the article said from his promoter, Anthony told me I don't want to do this. Like, I have no interest in doing this. I want to fight for belts. He was like, the promoter don't speak for him. I'm like, that's literally what his job is. His job is to, to, to you know, represent his client. His client is Anthony Joshua. Like, that's all we know. All we know is that he said that he talked to Joshua, and this is what he said. You're like, man, you still the money. I'm like, listen, I get it. If they make him an offer, he can't refuse, and you want to go for the money, go for the money. But if you want a belt, you can't just keep running to this Jake Paul, Logan Paul realm of boxing where it's just purely entertainment and there's not any cachet to it. And he has way more to lose than Nagano. Nagano lost and got more respect from the public than everybody else. And just like that, Texas is up. He got more respect. Tyson Fury looked like he's about to retire again. But does Joshua want to put himself in that position where he's fighting this unorthodox strong man? Because, like, Nagano's not like McGregor. McGregor is probably a strong dude for regular people. Like, he can get in the ring with a regular-sized dude that's 170, 175 pounds, and it's like, oh, this dude's really strong. Nagano is, like, he's carved out of concrete. Like, that's a different kind of African Cameroon. Like, that's a different kind of beast. It's not the same as... McGregor and, and Mayweather, the two of them together, they were 296 pounds. Walk around, they walk around 296. Nagano is like 250. So that's not the same kind of fight. So when we get in these groups, it's like, listen, I get that you want this to happen, but we got to think logically. What makes the most sense for the fighter? What makes the most sense in this conversation is like, well, his promoter said that he didn't want to do it. I don't know anything else other than that. So if you don't want to do it, you shouldn't have to do it. It makes sense. Tyson Fury kind of let people know, like, this might not be a good idea. So I'm going to run it with that. So Facebook fans, I get it, man. But, like, come on. It's not going to happen. The best case scenario you should ask for is Wilder versus Nagano. Because I don't know if Wilder really has the cash they left to fight for a belt. Because of the way he was dominated by Tyson Fury. The way he got dominated, even in the fight that was a draw, we all expected it to be a win for him. So he can do these, these side case fights. These he could fight Logan Paul or Jake Paul if they want to like go on heavyweights and make a lot of money because of his name. Because I don't think anyone's is gonna believe that he's gonna win a heavyweight championship bout. But Joshua, I think people still got a little faith in him. I will say, you know, stick to your stick to your guns and try to get another title shot. Cause it looks like Tyson Fury might give his belt up through retirement. So someone's got to fight for it. Well, I need uh I need Anthony Joshua to take it back to like 2016 or 17 because him and Wilder still owe me a fight, you know. Man. Like those two need to get together. That was supposed to be the big heavyweight fight that was gonna be the generational fight, and we never got it. So it's time. And they're younger than Pacquiao and Mayweather were. So, you know, give it to us. But speaking of Pacquiao, I saw today that Mr. Pacquiao, Senator Pacquiao, might be willing to fight Tank. And I'm advised Pacquiao to stay up in your office with your suit on. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch that fight if he invited me to Vegas. Oh, I'll I love it. Vegas. Vegas is my one of my favorite cities on earth. I wouldn't watch that fight if Pacquiao invited me to sit in his corner in Vegas. <laughs> All right. So. We don't want that fight. Like, we don't want that fight. The box get the boxing fans what they want. Y'all haven't given us what we wanted in years. Yeah. All right. So get it off my chest. You know, y'all know I had some words for Coach Prime. I had some words for Mr. Sweeney. And, you know, he's still at it, too. You know, he's got people calling into the show. I think it was a plant, you know, the dude called the show and was like, Dabo went on about, you know, appreciation and like, no, appreciation is that $11 million contract you got. That a million, $11 million a year, that's appreciation. You know, you don't get to come out here and go four and four and tell people that they don't appreciate you. You know, like, come on now. But that ain't the coach that I got my eye on this week. I got my eye on Mr. Pat Narduzzi of Pittsburgh fame. And I know what y'all thinking. I'm not going at him just because they play Florida State this week. You know, this is legit. But he said the same thing about the Oilers jersey he put on. So, yeah, yeah, Warren Moon, Who baby. Knows? I was not trying to, I was not <laughs> trying to rub salt in the wounds. I was trying to find something to wear and it just came, you know. Anyway, let me get on with this. So, Pat Narduzzi went to South Bend. And got bent over 58 to 7. 58 to 7, I said. This is a power five team playing against Notre Dame and lost by 51 points. Never mind the fact that Pitt and Notre Dame is basically a rivalry, too. And Pitt has been known to spoil Notre Dame seasons and all this kind of stuff. Forget all that. Let's go to after the game, you know, because Pat Narduzzi always talking about everybody but himself. Because Mr. Logical brought it up before where, you know, he was calling out Coach Prime for the NIL and the transfers and all this kind of stuff, you know, and he lost Jordan Addison to USC. So I get why he was upset. But anyway, this is what he said. I don't know if you heard this or not, but this is what he said after the game, after after the loss to Notre Dame. Quote, as a football coach, you lose a lot of good players from a year ago and you think as a coach you're going to replace them. And obviously we haven't. Again, end quote. So hold on. So last time I checked, this ain't the NFL. Like in the NFL, your GM goes and brings in Jimmy Garoppolo, whether you want him or not. You know, like your GM, Kirk Cousins gets hurt, go get Josh Dobbs, you know, whatever. Like this is what your GM does. We'll talk about that too, yeah. Yeah, this is what your GM does. As a college coach, You are 100% responsible for who is on your roster. These players that are not good enough, you thought they were good enough at one point or another. They were good enough a couple of weeks ago when y'all beat Louisville and gave Louisville their only loss of the season. You know, uh, I guess they weren't good enough when y'all lost to West Virginia in the backyard brawl. So, of course, the players, a couple of players got on Twitter, you know, and they're like, oh, that's crazy. Like, huh? Like, he said, what? Huh? And so then he comes back after the fact, cleans it up and says, quote, again, it starts with me. I didn't do a good enough job, good enough job coaching today. Put it on me. We've got to make plays, end quote. That's what you should have said in the first place. Because you know why? You're not Coach Prime. Coach Prime can get out here and criticize his offensive linemen, even though I wouldn't do that because they got to protect my son. But I wouldn't do that. 
But, you know, Coach Prime did that. But the difference is Coach Prime has the charisma. He has the personality that can get these guys back on track. You done lost this team now. You know, y'all lost by 51 points, which was already bad enough. And you come out here saying that you basically you wish you had the players that you had last year. Now, you should have been in line for that Michigan State job, you know, being that you were the defensive coordinator there before you came to Pitt. But now that's probably gone. Probably. You know, as now, you know, granted, you know, y'all going to get Molly Watt by Florida State this week, you know, during the early season. This was supposed to be an upset alert. It's not. But next week, you know, Syracuse and Pitt at Yankee Stadium. I want to see it, but I don't want to see Narduzzi. Get him out of Pittsburgh. You know, get him on somebody's staff, not as the head guy, because he still got some lessons he needs to learn about people management. You know, now these guys went out there. Did they play well? Not at all. But there's a way that you go about it, and that is not the way. You know, it's just, you know, it's just, I just, uh, these coaches, man. But Dabo, like back to Dabo real quick, you know, he had the guy call the show and uh, he talking about, you know, I won two national titles in seven years. And the only other teams that can say that is Georgia and Bama. What did Clemson do for the first 150 years before I came along? And I'm like, hell yeah, Dabo. You know, somehow I was, I was against Dabo, but he said that. And I was like, there you go. Grab your nuts. You know what I'm saying? The problem is, though, is that you're still a whiny brat because it can't just be, hey, this is what I've done for Clemson. You know, X, Y, Z, end of story. You're like, damn. Versus, y'all don't appreciate me. You know, you're getting $11 million to not go 4-4, four and four, to not lose to Miami with a freshman quarterback starting his first game in overtime, you know, to not, lose to Duke on opening night, you know, like, and you still got North Carolina left, even though, I mean, they ain't looking so good right now, but yeah. still, you know saying? You still got South Carolina in the rivalry game, and oh, by the way, South Carolina pulled down your pants last year. So, you know, like, just get it together, man. And oh, by the way, they get Notre Dame this week. Yeah, Yo, you got to check your ego, man. So, you know, but like real said, quick. You got Lee Ego okay. at the door, like, Come do your job. Yep. But real quick, while we on the subject of college football, it just wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about the playoff rankings. Because I feel like, you know, I ain't even set up a banner for this one because this is just a get it off my chest continuation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but I want to get Mr. Logical's thoughts first. You know, was there anything that stood out to you? Uh, I did some that did stand out. That kind of I I do kind of appreciate from the committee. We got six SEC schools. We got six Pac-12 schools, three Pac, three Big Ten, five uh, Big Twelve schools. I like that. It, I like that Ohio State's one because you're going to talk. You're going to get more in depth with that. And, and you know OKC uh, about to lose this game that I turned off, right? OKC. Yeah, they're about to lose. They were up by like 15 when I turned the channel to watch some action, and now they're down by two with 19 seconds left. But, you know, hey, listen, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for Lakers and Clippers to get started here. It's a game of runs. Uh, you know, but yeah. I think college, I think I think just the sports in general, like I said, we spent this whole summer just having a lot of conversations in between filming because it was like, 
it wasn't that much going on with sports. It wasn't a lot of big free agents in the summer. It was rumored trades. It was like potential injuries. It wasn't a lot of firings. It wasn't. It didn't seem like a lot of like drastic movement that kind of just carried the sports talk through the summer. So we were we were doing a lot since college football and the NFL. Now the NBA is back. Now you're wrapping up baseball, and then we have these fights that are boxing is kind of like I I've been banging on boxing all year because. I'm like, you guys got the momentum. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't slow down. Don't start doing what boxing does. So we we've been kind of building this 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 sports momentum all year. I've watched. I got sports on the iPad. I have it on the phone. I talk to you about it. My dad texts me about it. Like I've we've always talked a lot about sports, but just seeing and watching a lot of it. So college football has been exciting. You got the coaches out there who normally used to just win all the time, crying because of transfer portal. Is starting to like take shape. I think the people who have a a good grip on how to use the portal, where to reach, what time to reach, what kind of players are getting, are they tracking players that like okay, I for instance, Dion is that Colorado? Is he tracking players that he might think he can get, be able to pull from Michigan State? Does is someone on his staff? I know I don't know how legal it is. I know we got the hardball with the stop sign stealing. Are they watching their social media? Are they if they have NIL deals? Did they get their NIL deal through like some kind of agency? Are they building a relationship with that agency? So it's like the people who know how to use these things. Dabo is one of those guys that says, Hey, I'm not gonna use a transfer portal. He's a fool. Because he has so much money back with the Nike school and the championships that he really didn't have to really work hard in the portal. That's what you he, got coordinators for. You, you could just put it out there like, hey, K. Klubnik is either not holding his weight or he is, but you know he's that he has one more year. So he's already, you know, he sat out, you know, he had last year, I started this year. So if you're a quarterback, you're like, you know what? I got three years off eligibility. They don't seem to be pulling in any top recruits. Let me take my five-star talent, you know, out to Death Valley. So I think the the, the coaches that are using the, the portal properly, I think Lincoln Riley uses it. He uses the fact that he's in California. Uh, Dion talked about how he got Travis Hunter to sign at Jackson State. He's like, I brought him down for homecoming. He's like, that's all. He's like, that was it. He came down homecoming weekend. He's like, I had him. He's like, as soon as he, as soon as he got out to campus and it was homecoming weekend, he looked around. He said, I looked at him and I was like, I knew I had him right then. <laughs> and, you know, whatever advantage you have to use legally, of course. So I think sometimes like these coaches that aren't really charismatic, a lot of these coordinators, these X and O's guys, you might not be able to do it. I see a guy like Cliff Kingsbury getting a job. And being able to use, like, you know, he's a tall, handsome, former quarterback, still in good shape. You know, like, just he could be, you could just put him on TV. And your mom might not know anything about football. But she's like, who's this coach? Like, oh, that's the coach that Michigan State now. He's, I, they sent me a recruiting letter. So, oh, really? I like him. He seems very charismatic. Now you're having a conversation with him. Dion, the same way. So, you know, Nick Saban has that that old preacher kind of swag to him at that that Southern, I bring you chicken and macaroni and cheese to the meeting kind of like swag. Yeah. And a gnat so, on the dog's ass. Yeah, so like, exactly. I mean, he messed it <laughs> up at first. 
but <laughs> he he was he was because when he said that I was like I don't know he might be trying to slide that Arkansas quarterback over like come on man come east a little bit I got you but yeah so I I think college football is in a good position I think these rankings we're gonna talk about it. I'm pretty sure we're gonna talk about it between now and the weekend why isn't Georgia number one why is Oklahoma not above Texas but they have so many more games to play out. That's the best part. The BCS was was crazy because it seemed like no one really knew the formula. And all we knew was like the top two teams were going to get it. And it was going to be very generic. Well, now you know, it has to play out. Like I know Alabama is eight. They're going to play LSU. And the winner of that, someone's going to have to, the loser that's going to drop. Well, you know, that's the funny thing that people always tell me. They say, bring back the BCS. The BCS wasn't biased. The humans still came up with the formula. Like, the humans yeah. still decided what they wanted to track. You they know? came so, up with the formula, and the simple way was like, a, what was the strength of schedule? Yeah. Well, the strength of schedule is based off the AP poll, which <laughs> is human, which is almost, it almost felt like that was exclusively. I don't know what the formula was, but that felt like it was, 65 percent of the pie well i know that like there was one year the bcs pissed me off because tcu and boise both finished undefeated and they made them play each other in the bowl you know instead of playing somebody else because you know can't you know can't can't have that happen boise can a team (laughs) from idaho be the national champion yeah and uh but but you know looking back at these rankings though so mr logical is correct I have no problem with Ohio State being number one because I looked at the schedule because everybody talks about this. Who has the best win in college football? So is it Texas's win over Alabama? You know, is it Oklahoma's win over Texas? Is it Washington's win over Oregon? Who has the best win? And Ohio State said, (laughs) we got two of them. We got Notre Dame and Penn State. Holla at your boy. You know, saying y'all arguing about the best win, we got multiples. So I'm fine with Ohio State being number one, even though I will full disclosure admit that I don't think Ohio State is the best team in the country. You know, but that's not what the rankings are. The rankings are not two fives opinion. You know, we take what happens on the field and we apply it. So Ohio State. Yeah, but I thought the the I thought the college football playoff was the whole. Do if you put these two teams on a neutral field, do you think Alabama's better than Ohio State? Because that's well, what it well, ultimately boils down to. I'm when glad you said close. that. I'm glad As you it said that. Close, it gets close when it gets tight. That's the kind of well, you know why? Because every year, every year the committee changes. So, you know, it's just like when we were going up for these master sergeant boards and all this stuff. And the one year they're like, we want the whole airman concept. And then the next year they're like, where's the education? Man, one the, year. Know, I went up, I got my board score, and then there's somebody sent me a PowerPoint slide breaking down all the, the point system and everything else, yeah. which you had to have, and this is a point total you're going to get. So I'm like, all right, bet. So I worked towards that based off of that. Then I got my board score the next year. Luckily, I still made it, but my yeah. board score was 15 points lower than it, what it was a year before. That because different they changed people that value stuff. Yeah. yeah. That was like, so, good so, thing, so that's good why thing I, I well. So that's why every year – uh, the conversation becomes, you know, on the playoff show, the conversation becomes, uh, is it the four best teams or is it the four most deserving teams? 
you know, and that's where you get into the window of subjectivity because I can tell you, even if I say who the most deserving teams are, it's still biased by whatever I value. If I say who the four best teams are, it's biased by who I watched and thought was the best. So like we talk about Michigan, how they played nobody. You know, Michigan has had 61% of their snaps this season with at least a 14-point lead. That's good enough for being number one. I mean, that's, even though yeah, they haven't. That's, that's the argument that you, that's the piece you can say, you know what, we're, we are so good that almost a two-thirds of the game we're up. So you get to eight minutes in the first quarter, we're already up 14 points. Right. Like, and so, like, that's, so, that's crazy. So, but the problem is, is that you play that game, right? What's Michigan's best win? Then you're like, Rutgers, maybe Nebraska, maybe UNLV, who's 6-2 and because they lost to Fresno State the other day. You know, so you can have that argument. Georgia, do you put them at number one just because they are the defending national champion two times over? You know, I say no. A lot of people say yes. They feel like the champ is the champ until they're not the champ. Only problem is it's a different team. You know, that's the only thing. If Stetson Bennett was back, maybe that's a conversation because we've seen it before. But we got a whole different, we got a whole lot of defensive players. You know, Florida State had to win over LSU. And I feel like people are holding the BC game against Florida State, even though that was like five weeks ago. You know, people are still holding that game against Florida State saying, but I think, Florida, I think I think they're pro, I think they're properly positioned. No, I think so too. Because but, but you have, but, but I, you but have I would Michigan's probably put them in front dominance. of Michigan. But you have Michigan's dominance and right, Michigan's, right, right, right. Michigan's like that. That's that you just mentioned, Matt. I mean, Mike always comes through with the stats. I'm gonna start calling you Matt with the stats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mike always comes through with the stats. So being essentially dominant in your performances because every team has played a team. Every top team has played a team that's a couple of tiers below them because they are so much better than the rest. You know, Georgia's that much better than the rest of the field, Michigan, Ohio State. And they're all they've all played teams where it could have been close, it could have been tough. Michigan's like, nah, we we not even we're not even entertaining that idea of, of a close game. They didn't have their head coach for the first three games and it, mm-hmm. it, it they didn't miss a beat. That's how good of a team they are. And, and I think they were switching the head coach. Like this week, I, it's you. Yeah. This week is you. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, ironically, their their legal transgressions, which caused them to lose their coach and his availability, mm-hmm. and they still come out and dominate. That's a testament to how good of a team they are. Florida State has LSU, and I think people feel like LSU is the darling. And they, I think people are wishing that LSU only had one loss. Like be. That because see, and that's the other part of the argument. They got two losses. One of them was to us. But that he's (laughs) he's having the best season as a as a Heisman candidate with one loss. Caleb Williams two weeks ago would have been behind Michael Penix Jr. and Caleb Williams both have been behind Jalen Daniels because of the season that he's having and the team that he's playing and his projected schedule of playing SEC schools. So I think. That would been that would have been like probably perfect because I would have just moved Ole Miss out. I don't really think people really want Ole Miss in, and probably at the end of the year, Ole Miss is going to play three, maybe four losses. Well, they got A and M this weekend at home. They go to Athens next week to get some of the Bulldogs. 
Yeah, they're you know, just, they, they still they, got the egg they bowl. Just seem like the type of team that will stumble mm-hmm. and lose a game and just play poorly and just lose a game to Texas A&M or play poorly and get dominated by Georgia, something along those lines. So, but oh, like LSU, just the defense is just was not on par in the Ole Miss game. And against F, you know, Florida State, like I said, you got a 22, 23 year old quarterback that's kind of understanding thing. It was the first game, you know, early game, early season game. So I don't think people hold it against them because Florida State is a top four, potentially top three in your opinion team. Um, it's just unfortunate that the losses have to count. Right. They have to count. They have to be rated accordingly. Got them. Have to be rated accordingly, and we have to just accept the fact that the college football, no matter what the format is, if you are a power five school and you are perennially a top team, if you go undefeated, you're in. If you have one loss, you better hope four other schools have one loss. Mm-hmm. But it's simple. You got to yeah. go undefeated. No matter what the format, the score sheet, the voting, you got to go undefeated in order to solidify your position. If you're outside of that, Air Force, Cincinnati, Tulane, Houston, one of these other teams, yeah, it's going to be you, – you might get invited or you might get a real nice bowl game. Well, USC's, got a, well, USC's got a chance to flip all this upside down because – they got Washington coming into the Coliseum this weekend, and then next week they go out to Austin to play the Ducks. So USC win one of those two games, they shake up the whole top five. You know, if they beat Washington, we now we have that conversation of uh, Oregon and Washington because Washington beat them head to head a couple of weeks ago in Seattle. No, that means the Pac-12 starts at ten. That's all. <laughs> I mean. Look, legit. Like I think. Because we talked about this before with the TCU, Ohio State, and uh, Baylor when the first iteration came mm-hmm. out. Was, and it seemed to follow that same path. They keep everybody in there initially. A lot of SEC schools are up there. So that, you know, the the head-to-head matchup and the strength of schedule argument is like, oh, you mean to tell me that Georgia can't get in what they have? They only have one loss, and that was a number six-ranked Alabama. You know, that that argument, mm-hmm. or Alabama lost to this team, but they came back, you know, like that 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 back-and-forth antiquated argument. So I think they set up that way. But if you're like a Pac-12 team or a Big 12 team and you you're near the five, six, seven range, and you have a slip up, you're going to nine. Mm-hmm. And if you're and if you're another team and you're like eight, and you already have one loss at eight, and you lose, you're going to twelve to thirteen. And that yep. that's going to elevate all those other schools. It's just it's just a it's just the way that it works. I don't know if it's a, a region if it's the regional part of it. I don't know if it's a, the matter of. What team? Which teams travel better? Which teams are hotter? Which teams generate more money as far as television? Because if we had a hypothetically, they just would say, "Hey, our undefeated teams are in the top four, and you got number one Ohio State versus number four Air Force because Air Force is undefeated." Like Air Force doesn't even fill their own stadium in Colorado Springs; they're not filling. A stadium in Arizona, Jerry World. 
very well, you know. So it's like we got to be realistic to it's it's yes. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. It's a business. So now that's why we going to twelve teams next year. Ironically, that's why we going to twelve teams next year so we can get more money. You know what I mean? Like so, because you're not gonna the twelve seed is not gonna win it all next year, right? It it just just is not the kind of college football is not the kind of sport with a where the Cinderella wins it all. So I was trying to look down the list, look down the rankings and try to find, is there a one loss team that's out there that's not in the top four or five right now that can crash the party, you know? And, you know, before the season started, I said Louisville was going to be the closest thing to TCU that we have, but I don't think Louisville is going to get high enough to do it, you know, but, so the only team that I can really see down here is Penn State, you know, because Penn State still has Michigan and Ohio State. In, or I'm sorry, they, they already played Ohio State. They still have Michigan in front of them. So Penn State, you know, gets by Maryland this weekend, you know, I think. And then they set up the match with Michigan next weekend in Happy so Valley. You got Penn State as your potential. They can crash it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they will, but I'm just saying, like, they, they just have the schedule to do it because they play – you know, Michigan. And then of course old, let me check out old Miss real quick. See what see who they can disrupt real quick. Well, old Miss got Georgia next week. So I'm eliminating Ole Miss just off of that. Like <laughs> I mean, is yeah. I mean, they could as, beat Georgia. Don't get me wrong. They, they got the talent. Them, but they won't they disrupt the it. Right. They won't disrupt it because Georgia will just go to five. Right. And then Ole Miss maybe would still, even four. And Ole Miss would probably just lose somewhere else down the line. Yeah. You know, um, they already beat LSU. They already lost to Bama. So, like I said, they got AM this weekend. They got Georgia next weekend. So, you know, you'll just have to go from there. You know, looking at Oregon, everybody seems to think that we're going to get this Oregon-Washington rematch in the Pac-12 title game. You know, but all it takes is for Caleb Williams to get hot next week and all that's done. You know, but um, you look at Texas and Oklahoma. You know, they, they got that. Head-to-head situation. Williams' heart still in it, though. Well, this was this is my thought. This is my thought. We'll find out this weekend. And the reason that I say that is because he's got Penix coming in there, who is either a Heisman front runner or number two or number three. So, as a Heisman guy, you know, or as the Heisman, or still a guy who has Heisman Heisman aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. Do do you take that personal? You know, like do do you, do take, you take it personal? You can be a number one quarterback, number one pick overall, though. You know, maybe Penix take maybe that's Penix's. You know, like that's Penix's take personal. Yeah, you know what but I mean? Caleb Williams. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going out there and play hard because you you can't you can't survive in this game without playing hard. Right. The only right. way you can survive without playing hard if you are on the bench. Right. Like if you're on the field, you have to go 100. percent That's why, like, I was I tell like I tell the moms when they want their sons to play football in our youth league. I'm like, I get that you're worried about your little baby, but I'm like, yeah, he's probably gonna get rocked. He's probably gonna get run over. He's probably, but I'm like, but if he's meeting that aggression that's required to play the sport, mm-hmm. it'll be it won't be catastrophic. He won't be fearful. The kids that run backwards, or the kid that doesn't pay attention, or the kid that's afraid to get tackled, and they're like they're doing this well, like you're only gonna get yourself hurt. So you gotta this. play, you gotta play hard. So well, the I other think part of this, if you thought that he's gonna play hard, 
Well, the other part of this is that USC's not out of the Pac-12 race yet. You know, they lost to Utah. Their other loss was to Notre Dame. That wasn't a conference loss. Is he going to play? If they, at this point, if you're not, if you win the Pac-12 championship and you're not Washington or Oregon, and you're not a one loss, one loss max, if you win the Pac-12 with two losses, you're going to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to play. Yeah, you you're you going to play, play the Rose Bowl. You just don't play the Rose Bowl. But that's the thing. Like the whole allure of the Rose Bowl is that the Pac-12 or Pac-10, Pac-12 champion. No, that's old like, school. That was that was the 90s. We don't do that no more. So then if you're not, if you're not, <laughs> if you're, if your goal is to win the Pac-12 but not play the Rose Bowl, I don't know how you have the goal of playing hard to win the Pac-12 if you don't care about playing in the Rose Bowl. Well, well, and, I don't and know. We've like, we heard reports of like the influence that his father has as far as in these conversations, which is rightfully so. Well, remember, they played for the Pac-12 title last year, you know, and, you know, they he had got hurt. Loss. He, yeah, but he got hurt, and then Utah they would have been in the They would have been in the college yeah, They would have made the playoff. playoff if they would have yeah, if won that they're game. Sitting on two. That is, but, but you know, we'll see. You know, I, I like to hope that competition takes over. You know, that's my hope. But, you know, now let's take a journey around the NFL because there is some news going down in that league. We got Mr. Josh McDaniels back in the unemployment line, probably going to find his way back to Foxborough somehow, some way. But uh, he gone. You know, Antonio Pierce as the interim coach. You know, Champ Kelly is the GM. Mark Davis doing his best to honor Art Shell. Jimmy Garoppolo on the bench for Aiden O'Connell. They got the Giants this weekend. Antonio Pierce against his former team. Like, I, you know what? Like, I, it's not NFL rigged. It's, it's not rigged. Yeah, it's not rigged, right? But but I always tell I always tell Lindsay all the time. Sports is so poetic at times. Like, like, what are the chances that when you know you, you get on the Raiders staff? The coach is going to get fired, and your first game coaching is going to be against your former team. Like, what are the chances of that? Did so Jeff Saturday, his first game was against against the Raiders. Against the Raiders. Yeah, go figure, right? See what I'm saying? Like, uh, you can't even make that up. It's just, <laughs> I don't like I said, I've never been an advocate for people getting fired. Ooh. Uh. One zero, yep. Still in Arizona. I've never been an advocate of people getting fired, but like I said, I'll probably beat this word to death, and I'm going to keep doing it because my mom used to call me Mister Logical. Josh McDaniels probably should should have never gotten hired by the Raiders in the first place. He shouldn't have got hired by anybody after what he did to the Colts. Exactly. You you. And I get like we'll talk about you know Byron Leftwich. He told the he told him like listen, I don't think the GM's doing a good job. So bring in another GM, and I'll take the job. And they were like, nah, I was gonna go with Doug Peterson, and it worked out for them right now as we as it currently sits. But what I'm what I'm learning about the NFL and these conversations and what I've noticed is that there has to be a three tiered marriage for lack of a better word 
not really the owner. I think the owner gets their money from whatever. The GM, the head coach, and the quarterback, either they have to be all hired together or they have to – two of the three have to sign off on the one because it has to work that way because a lot of times we talk about Justin Fields as being part of the trade block. They're like – he didn't get drafted by this staff and GM group. Mm-hmm. Like he, so because he's the odd man out and he's in that quarterback position, it makes it tough. If you get a new GM in, you keep the head coach, and then that GM drafts a quarterback, it's like, okay, well, the coach is the odd man out. And it becomes a part where it's like, okay, Someone's going to have to go. One of those three people is adversely affecting the success of your team. I'm saying, I'm not saying offensive line doesn't matter. Offensive line coaches doesn't matter. But as far as like when I'm breaking down, who can I get rid of to make the most immediate impact, whether to get rid of the piece that's not working or maybe bringing a piece that's to improve it, the head coach, the GM, or the quarterback. They fired the GM. They fired the head coach in, in Las Vegas, and they benched the starting quarterback. You're going to have to start all over. So I don't know how much you got to buy Jimmy Garoppolo out for, but you might as well just go ahead and call it mm-hmm. and let this young rookie quarterback play it out and then see if the new coach and GM that you pair together, do they believe in the quarterback or do you – Take your what we're gonna call it, your your four and thirteen record, your five and twelve record, and some other assets and go get Drake May. Cause as of right now, firing a head coach and a GM and benching starting quarterback, you're you're positioning yourself to be a top five draft pick kind of team anyway. Mm-hmm. So do you play this year out and see what you have? Do you move Devontae Adams? Because you're gonna move Devontae Adams in all season, you're gonna move Max Crosby. Because you you gotta you're gonna have to either move one of them to move up Mm -hmm. to move up in the draft, or you got to move one or two of them to get the picks to then move up. Something's Mm -hmm. gonna have to give. And granted, you probably can't do it. You couldn't do it now because of the money. Which is wild in the first place. Because like you know, people said they were calling for Devontae Adams, and they just didn't even get an answer. You know, so. you know, I just don't get the point. Like, you know, just like when I look at Washington, you know, for example, like trading Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So I understand it from the standpoint of, I guess, a, procuring extra picks. Because they both you, were going to walk. Well, I Chase Young was going to walk. Well, 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 I don't think Chase was going to walk. I think they weren't going to offer Chase anything. Yeah, so 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 so, like yeah, I mean they got a third round pick for him, you know, um, for a team that probably didn't even need him, and (laughs) and this team just got Randy Gregory a couple of weeks ago, you know. So uh, San Francisco going to run the ball a lot in San Francisco with Brock. Oh, they're definitely going to run the ball a lot. Brock Purdy will be. He should be in concussion protocol. I saw how he grabbed his head when he got sacked on that one play. I think it was a rough in the passer call, but he grabbed his head. You see who first in the West, right? What? The Clippers? No, no. I'm talking about the NFC West. 
Seattle? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right here, this guy right here. You know, so uh, Leonard, Leonard Williams, Leonard Williams pick up, you know, and they picked up Frank Clark a couple of days ago. So I think Seattle's trying to go all in for lack of, I mean, obviously they don't have the quarterback still, but for the most part, I think they're so just trying to go all in. the quarterback over $100 million. I think they think they got the guy. Maybe. You know, maybe they think they got Russell Wilson Jr., you know, like, but like the younger Russell Wilson, that don't make mistake Russell Wilson, you know. Or do you, have, or do you have a more athletic Trent Dilfer? Oh, no. is, is is that if you bolster your defense enough, can you get the pass rush and you have a more athletic? Well, it's just weird because because I feel like they have the receivers. You know, I like the running backs. You know, but Gino is my it question might, mark. It might, it might just be the scheme. It might just be, be. that that their yeah. offensive scheme is so vanilla. That's why that whole let Russ cook situation. Well, well it reminds me of Nick Wright when we were talking about. Remember, he said. uh would I be surprised if the 49ers lose a playoff game and Brock, Brock Purdy was the reason? reason? Like that's how I feel about Geno. Like if Seattle loses in a play in a, in a playoff situation, am I really sh- going to be shocked that the offense put up ten points? Yeah, but I think that might be that might be more on Pete Carroll and the lack of his offensive. Uh, I'm trying creativity. to think creativity. You know, just imagine imagination what Kyle Shanahan has been doing every year after year is he's gotten more athletes and he's putting them in these different positions. He does. I think Mike McDaniels, because they're from the same coaching tree, mm-hmm. they seem to run a lot of single back, a lot of play action, a lot of tight end stuff. So he, I think he, they all kind of got their influence from the same place. I think McDaniels just kind of took a lot more of what, Shanahan did so. Shanahan has a lot of good route runners, then he has running backs, wide receiver combos. McCaffrey is a running back that can do wide receiver stuff, Debo is a wide receiver that can do running back stuff. Then he tried to get the quarterback with Trey Lance that can do running back quarterback stuff. Like he's 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 trying to create these hybrid guys where you got Kittle trying to play positionless football, George Kittle. I keep messing. I messed it up a few weeks ago. My bad, Kittle eighty-five, where he can do when he can block on the end next to oh, Trent Williams. Side note, side note, or he can play like wide receiver. What's up? Side note, you know, uh, we don't got to worry about the three hundred and twenty-five points no more because apparently uh, Brian Ferentz is out of there. Yeah, I mean, you know, so if, if you have if you got that kind of stipulation going to the season, they don't want you. Like, yeah, so it's but, like when you text if you're texting a girl and you're asking what her plans for the weekend <laughs> are, and she's telling you how busy she was at work all week, she don't want to see you that weekend. Yeah, hey, what you doing this weekend? I've been really busy at work. Daddy going to be out of there too. But uh, back to the NFL. Well, Here's yeah. a question for you: Are we going to see Kyler Murray at some point? I doubt it. As uh, you know. Doubt. You know, Josh Dobbs is in Minnesota now, and the only other quarterback on the roster at this point before we recorded, I looked it up like two hours ago. You know, the only other quarterback on the roster is the rookie fifth round draft pick Clayton Toon. So it's like, okay, like play the rookie, lose a bunch of games, you know, all that stuff, you know. But I'm like, you could have just did that in the first place. Yeah, uh, that that's that's a peculiar move. Um, I didn't, I remember seeing, but I'm not sure exactly what they got for Josh Dobbs. They got, I'll tell you right now, I will tell you right now. They got, uh, so they sent 
Dobbs and a seventh round pick and got back a sixth round pick. What? <laughs> what? They traded a starting quarterback and a pick. Yes. And got a sixth round pick back. Yes. How many picks does Arizona made a trade with Houston, correct? Correct. So they have Houston's first round pick for 2024. So this next upcoming draft and the 2025 draft. So you made me, you had me doubting myself. I had to check myself. That is correct. Dobbs and a seventh round pick in next year's draft to Minnesota or a sixth round pick in next year's draft. Okay. So they moved up around and got rid of a quarterback. And then what do they have? So as of right now, Carolina has a number one pick. Arizona has two. Houston's probably three. Chicago, maybe? Chicago's mixing there. I but think Chicago's only win is Chicago has win. Carolina's pick. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So Chicago probably so Chicago's has got the two one. picks. Cause yeah, because everybody was saying that they could get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. So Junior. they got one. Harvin and, Marison. I'm going to say that name around here. Uh, so they got <laughs> one and potentially three or four. So they have two of the top four picks. Arizona has Houston's picks. As, as right now, I think that's looking like number two. Oh, going to the top of the ninth. Vegas is trying to get in there to get around five. <clears throat> so if you can't get Caleb Williams, are you going Drake May? I would think and so. Like, how do you, how do you tell? Like how do you tell? If I'm a I'm a I'm a new coach, I got this football team. I got a bunch of guys that what's the percentage? Like thirty five percent of NFL rosters turnover every year. How do you tell a group of guys that I need you to play hard while management is publicly throwing in a towel on this season? You just tell them like, hey. The best thing I, I can tell you run is hard on special teams. You, I need you, tell you to show up for practice. I need you. No, no, this is what you tell them. This is what you tell them. Hey, son, how bad you want to be in the NFL? And they say whatever they say. And then you say, well, it's time for you to start auditioning. You know, that's the conversation. It's time for you to get to, to get on film and show some team. So all those there. good teams that whipped our ass this year, they're going to need new players too. So yep. anytime you play the Chiefs, Make sure you try to pick Patrick Mahomes off or you get a good hit on Pacheco or you beat their safety for on a deep route. So next year when they need a player, they're like, hey, remember that game that guy had 120 yeah, this, yards this is, achievement on us? This is more incentive for like somebody like, is say, this is this is more incentive for somebody like, say, Josh, Josh Jacobs, you know, to, you know, go out there and run for. 800 yards and for the rest of the season or whatever, you know what I mean? Like this is that chance now, because now you're in that chase young window. If you're somebody like him, where we knew he wasn't coming back to Washington next year. I'm so sick of San Francisco. I just realized like, I mean, I, I know you said <laughs> earlier, but then when you said chase young and I was like, so you mean to tell me you gonna have Eric Armstead, Drew Greenlaw, Bosa, Bosa, Chase Young, Chase Young, Randy Gregory, Fred, Fred Warner, Randy Gregory, 
You got you still uh, got uh, Ward. <laughs> yep. The scheme. Yep. He's gonna just run those dudes out there and it's like, hey, let's play a fair game of football against yep. the Cardinals that just gave away their starting quarterback for peanuts and a and a ball of Gatorade. Yeah, that's why I told somebody, I told uh, one of my 49er fans today, he said, What are your thoughts on the trade? Are you are you upset? And I said, I'm just gonna pray for Trevor Lawrence. Because you know that's what San Francisco got when they come off the bye. If they lose that game, oh, it's gonna be all hell gonna break loose then. But 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 I you know Sam Donald against Cincinnati. Is Joe Burrow back? Is that calf good? Yeah, you but he, he, he completed he completed he completed 82% of his passes against the 49ers this past weekend. So we're not doing predictions now, but we got Buffalo, Cincinnati. Who needs it Sun- more? Buffalo needs it more. You know, um, I think Buffalo put them under 500. No, I think Buffalo needs it from a mental standpoint, you know, because like we talked about, like they think that they're on that level with Kansas City and Cincinnati. Like we're right there with them. Mentally, but you got to beat them, but you got to implode. You think they're going to implode if that? I think it's a possibility. I think it's a plus. Remember, that's the same field that the Damar Hamlin thing happened last year. So it's going to be emotional too. Yeah, so, like, I think Buffalo needs this. Like, Cincinnati, they do this every year. You know, like, we talked about it. Like, last year. Burrow played the first four games like he was suspended. (laughs) Yeah, he he threw four picks against the Steelers opening week last year. They started 0-2, and and boom, boom, boom. You know, this year, you know, like, they started 0-2. Now they're 3-1 and in their last four games. So this is what Cincinnati does. So if they lose, Cincinnati's like, yo, we just got to take care of our division. If Buffalo loses, they got to keep pace with Miami. And, oh, by the way, the Jets got a tiebreaker over you, you know, and the Jets are four and three now. They're probably going to make the playoffs, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, the fact that, I mean, like I said, over half the league makes the playoffs. Well, no, close but, to half. Close but to but half. think about it. If, if, Miami, if Miami goes into Kansas City this weekend and wins. Oh, Germany. Oh, I'm sorry. If they go into Germany and beat Kansas City, this oh week- no, sorry. Oh, I know, I know. Are you watching the baseball game? Yeah, I'm watching it. Oh man, I got a pop quiz for you to see if you were watching the baseball game in a little bit. But uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, I was paying attention. I, I'm 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 multitasking over here. My bad. But, I uh, over it when when he when the ball went under his glove, so. Got a little ground ball to center field. Center fielder looked up, ready to make a throw. Didn't get his glove all the way down. Ball goes underneath his glove. Yep, 3-0. Broke the wall. Oh, goes right you know, past but, his glove. Gives but, uh, but if, if Miami goes, knocks off Kansas City, and then you lose to Cincinnati, and when we look at the standings on Monday morning, I'm about to pull it up right now, actually, because I forgot the records. I know the Jets are 4-3. and three. Uh, Miami would leave that game. Yeah, so Miami six and two right now. Miami six and two. Buffalo's four, five and three, and the Jets are four and three. So, so this is the thing. So Miami wins that game against Kansas City. They're seven and two. If the Jets beat the Chargers, which I'm not saying they should, but you just never know what Staley going to do. But if the Jets knock off the Chargers. And they have the tiebreaker over you, and you're tied with them in the lost column right now. And you go lose that game next week. You're basically two games behind the Jets. Two games behind the Jets. AFC West is only gonna 
get your one team in. Uh-huh. So that's that's a bonus. So somebody's getting three teams in. It's either going to be the east or the north. Because the north is going to eat them. Well, because you got Baltimore and Cincinnati, and then maybe Cleveland, maybe Cleveland or Cleveland. Cleveland. I guess I don't know. Deshaun Watson's out indefinitely. Yeah, I, yeah. So they're done. So uh, his contract's guaranteed. So they're Pittsburgh, done. We got Pittsburgh tomorrow night. You know, against um, you know these guys, um, and then AFC South. You're gonna get one. You're gonna get one. Which is probably Jacksonville right Jacksonville now. They're but Indy's not going to have a vibe. Like they're not, they're not going to have the starting quarterback they need, so they won't get any wins. Houston, they just lost Tennessee, to Carolina. Maybe, maybe Levis is is the answer. But we'll find out tomorrow night. We'll find out tomorrow a lot night. Of it, a lot of his throws were off his back foot, and he just was using arm. It well, was well, a lot of like. Well, this is like, the thing. People are excited about it because I watch, I watch those touchdown throws. A lot of it was like the last touchdown he threw off his back foot. Like, oh, 50 yard flick of the wrist. Yeah, it was off his back foot, well, and it was no other defender over there. Well, this is the Atlanta thing. Atlanta plays good defense, but you they play, play good defense, but they defense. don't. They they play they good don't get defense. the quarterback. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. Atlanta plays good defense, but they don't get pressure. You know, he's got to deal with JJ Watt. And oh, by the way, I blinked and saw that Cam Hayward's coming back tomorrow. So, you know, and the Steelers already lead the league in turnovers, you know, for the most part, or they're, I think they're top two. But, but, yeah. you know, but the point being, like, tomorrow, tomorrow could I be his rookie game. He's so going to get his like, wake up call. He's going to get his wake up call. So the AFC East could get three teams in theoretically because I think, I think the Buffalo is going to, if they lose, they're going to have to claw their way out. The Jets play such a simple game with Zach Wilson, and they play solid defense. And I think they believe. But you, but you know, but you know what the funny thing is. So the Ravens are six and two. Everybody else in that division is four and three. <laughs> and oh but shit, Texas is about to explode. Yeah, two run homer. You know it's bad. Simeon. That's just that's your uh, MVP, right? Gotta be, you know. But yeah, um, you know. But so all all the teams are four and three. So that's the problem is that Pittsburgh can beat anybody, but they can lose to anybody too because they get the turnovers. But otherwise, they're near the bottom well, if, of the league in defense. If if you came to a game under some new NFL rules and it started in the third quarter. And the visiting and the other team playing against Pittsburgh had 20 points, and you gave Pittsburgh the ball for the rest of the half. They might not score. They might not score 21. And do we, and do we know if Kenny Pickett's playing down. tomorrow? Do we know if Kenny Pickett's playing tomorrow? They, after the after the hit, which should have been a personal foul, it should have been a roughing passer because he did throw the body weight on him. Uh, we don't know if he did. He not even throw it. Uh, Clippers are roughing up the Lakers again. Yeah, so thirty-nine he, to twenty-eight with uh ten fourteen left in the second quarter. Thirty-nine twenty-eight, they'll blow yeah. it. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, NFL's but, interesting. I dig it. I like uh, I like, I like what I'm seeing. I'm not once again. I'm still not a big fan of the MVP chatter, the quarterback award. 
the quarterback award because like guys like AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill are like ninth. Chris McCaffrey's like ninth, tenth in the odds. I think Brock Purdy still might be ahead of him. Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is ahead of a couple of these guys. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have ten touchdowns, and I think Lamar is ahead of a couple of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really they're really gonna have to evaluate. Like, not my guy golf, huh? I think Jared Goff might, but I get it because he's having he's having a year where you would want to consider him for MVP because the the award is most valuable player, not like the the player with the best stats. I know you need stats right, to support right, it. Right. His value to the Detroit Lions, he allows Dan Campbell to be gritty with everything else. Because Jerry's so smooth. Like, Kenny Pickett fits the type of personality that Dan Campbell has for his team. Mm-hmm. Tough, you know, just in there, just grinding away. Gunslinger, yeah. Gunslinger, grinder, everything else. But it doesn't leave the points. Jerry Goff gives you the ability to be a power run team, hit mm-hmm. the tight end. But he also has an element of hitting Amara St. Brown on a crossing route from one hash to the other accurately. Mm-hmm. He has that I can hit the tight end in the seam versus like just checking it down to the flat. Like, yeah. you know, some did, did you see they made a trade too? They got what they, they went and got uh Peoples Jones from Yeah, Donovan Clinton. Peoples Jones, yeah. Cause because uh Gunboy Jameson. He's not he's not consistent right now. He's not consistent. He's young, but you know, you make the move. But that's what Dan Campbell, that's what Jared Goff allows you to do. Is like, hey, we could bolster the defense, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you another weapon. That way we can fly around defensively. Uh so that's 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 the difference. See, Kenny Pickett, Mike Tomlin needs a let me think of the available quarterbacks. I would say Jimmy Garoppolo, but it seems like Jimmy just doesn't really, doesn't really function. Jimmy throws some he, balls into danger, man. Like for no reason. Uh, even if even if Mike Tomlin has Zach Wilson. Mm, nah, I think he'd be in the same position. Mm. Trying to think, like without trying to be like, oh, if he had Lamar, like you know, I'm trying to just think, right, like, right, oh, right. What if he had Josh Dobbs? <laughs> if he had Tyler Heineke. Okay. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke in Pittsburgh would allow Pittsburgh's defense to fly around because they know oh, like listen, you I mean starting quarterback Taylor Heineke. Absolutely. Which and I'm not a big fan of doing it simply because Atlanta's not gonna lose enough games to be in a position to get a new one of these top flight, top three. Not even three, because I think there's two top quarterbacks in the draft next year. As far as what's, what we see right now, Caleb Williams, Rick made those are projected to anybody that's third. I don't think they're first round or top 10 and top 15 versus all the other needs you can fill with college football. I think if you're in a position where you need a quarterback and get Drake Bay, Caleb Williams, you do it. Uh, I think, like I said, Chicago is going to be in that position. Now, if Atlanta is willing to be aggressive, 
and say, hey, Chicago, give me Justin Fields. We'll give you our second round pick, which would be probably a mid-second round pick. So we'll keep our, because Atlanta's probably going to finish the season, be realistic, 8-9, Seven and ten, somewhere like last couple of years, they've been seven and ten for the last two years. But not the second round pick, Andrick London, right? No, 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 no. You're not <laughs> do that. But I, I, like last week, they said that Carolina or Chicago wouldn't budge on the deal unless Carolina gave up DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. So that's different than them saying, "Hey, we'll also throw in DJ Moore," and they were like, "Nah." But it was like, "Hey, they wouldn't give up. They right. wouldn't give up the number one pick without DJ Moore." So if you can if Atlanta can make that kind of move, I'm with it. But if you're because you can't keep Heineke, because I don't know if he's your long term answer. I mean, you still need a backup. But you can't keep. I don't know if you've had Ritter long enough to really get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. So if you're in that meeting and you're the same GM that drafted him, you're the same coaching staff that groomed him, is like. You're not going to give up on him because you know him personally. You drafted him. You brought him here. You brought his family there. So you're not going to give up on him. So going to Heineke just to be mediocre is like, well, you better off just leaving Ritter in there. That's that. Right. That's the thing. Is like you're you're damned if you, damned if you don't. I would have left Ritter in there, and then made like tangible philosophy adjustments to how I play. Like, listen, yeah, I feel like throw the ball down here. I don't give a damn what happens. I need you to throw that scene route. I need you to throw it to pits when he's open. Don't yeah, I feel think like that's a week 12. Just move. do it. That's like a week yeah. 12 move. It still looks the same. That's a week 12 move. Like it's still early in the season. Cause I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, we both picked Atlanta to win the division and yeah, they still did it. They still did it. They won it last year, eight, nine. So, so that's where, like, for me, it's like, why now? Though I admit, you know, the offense did look quicker. It did look something when Heineke was in there the other day. It did look different. You know what I mean? But I don't know how much of that was Heineke or if it was just. Tennessee wasn't playing on him playing and they were just scouting Ritter. That, you know, that. And, I mean, I can't really tell, like, if they were calling, like, the same Type of plays that they call when I Ritter's was in there. I figure that out too because you know, Ritter got benched, but he went eight for twelve for seventy nine yards in the first half. But but it looked so, like but when Heineke was in there, <laughs> it looked like for real. Like this is probably how they want the offense to look. That was my takeaway. It was like look at look at the quick look how quick the ball is coming out. Look look at you know you know what I mean. It just looked like it flowed. Yeah, that's and that's and if I had if I was in a position to ask Arthur Smith like what was the real difference in him to give me a real answer? You could be like, yo, I pulled him because this is the third week in a row where I've called X over Y slant Z post. And he threw the check down before he even looked to see if the post was open. And it was like, this is the third week in a row. I've called right. that play and it's been open and he threw the check down anyway. And it's like, what are you seeing? Because I've seen this three weeks in a row. I'm thinking maybe it had to be something like that because the offense especially, isn't moving is what it is. But especially against a bad pass defense like Tennessee's, you know, who's in the bottom ten of the league. You know, like let that thing go. 
Yeah, like the same thing I said about like the Washington game. When like when I when I talked about it before the Washington game, like sometimes I feel like I should be coaching myself. <laughs> Chicago came out first drive. It might have been the first, maybe second play, and they got what looked like either a one-on-one matchup or a single high safety matchup. And it was like, we're about to get DJ Moore one-on-one on the outside. You're looking at baseball, don't react. We're about no, to get I'm looking DJ at Moore. Uh, <laughs> get DJ Moore one-on-one on the outside. Oh, we're throwing this. Yeah. Hey, Justin. Hey, check it. We're throwing this to DJ. Well, you know, and like and we have a World Series champion. Ladies there and you go. The Texas Rangers for the first time in franchise history got them looking. Got them look. You ended the World Series looking. It was and it was close. The the, the ball in the little box was red. So all right. So now that we're here, I can ask you my pop quiz question. There was a uh, there was a thing that they put up on the screen. I, I know I. Because I know I can multitask. I don't know if you were checking it out. But, okay, now that the Rangers have won the World Series, who are the other five teams that have not won the World Series? Ooh. Let me think about this for a minute. I don't know if it's too, too long with it. Uh, let's and then, go. And then we'll, jump, we'll get to the next topic. I'll set it up, but go ahead. Um. The oh no, because the expos are now the nationals. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Rays. Correct. Padres. Correct. Woo, two for two, two for two. Mariners. Correct. Oh man. I really feel myself. <laughs> Orioles got one. Cincinnati's got one. Cleveland Guardians. No, they have one. Exactly one. Got to be somebody in the Midwest. Uh, Mets got one. White Sox Cubs got one. At least Boston's got one. Orioles got one. Mm. I'm out. I'll take those three. That's all I got. The Rockies? In the Brewers, that was that's why I said Midwest. I was like Midwest. Yeah. yeah, so those are the five teams that uh haven't won the World Series. You know, like I wish I wish we could play which one is going to win one first, but you know, baseball is like too crazy to be talking like that. But uh, here we go. The jig is up in Ann Arbor. You Man, know, that Michigan, didn't go anywhere. Michigan been out here on their New England Patriot tip. But they took it to the next level because, like, with the Patriots, we were told that they were watching the walkthrough, you know. And I know there was another team. I want to say it was the Chargers or the Vikings that got in trouble for doing it, too. But it wasn't as publicized because they weren't the Patriots. The Patriots were filming the walkthrough. Right, right. And rumor has it that the the St. Louis Rams felt as if in that Super Bowl that – someone granted this comes out after the fact that their walkthrough was either filmed or watched because the Patriots did things in that Super Bowl that you wouldn't they made adjustments 
in on the fly that you was just like, how do you know to do that? <laughs> and I remember, like, I was like under under Joshua Daniels because it kind of ties back into it. I was watching the pivot. I forgot who the, the linebacker was, but he was a linebacker in Denver. I forgot who, it might have been Woodyard. I could be wrong, but he was on the pivot, and he was talking about how in practice, Josh McDaniels, the coaching staff, were telling him like, "Listen, when you see this formation, just drop back fifteen yards and turn around." The ball will be somewhere here. Like, this is where the route's going. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, man, this guy's a good coach, man. I thought we were doing good. Like, oh, man, this guy's making adjustments. You know what's going on, yada, 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 yada. He's like, come to find out, man, we was trying. So when he went 6-0, and and then he got caught, and then he had to stop doing it. He was like, so they were 6-0 and because he was like, man, how do they know that? I'm a, He's like, man, if you drop back here, if you just run back to this spot 20 yards and turn around, you'll get an interception. He's like, oh man, these coaches are great. This is great coaches. That was the Patriot way. You come to find <laughs> out they were cheating. So the rumor is, or the feeling post Super Bowl um, was that that's that was that event. That Super Bowl was one of the events that were was compromised right. because it was the greatest show on turf. But he, but to argue the counterpoint that if I'm a Bill Belichick guy, it's like, well. He did the same thing to the Rams a few years ago when he held them to three points, and they were the they were the, the new Rams. They were the greatest mm-hmm. show on turf, and it was like mm-hmm. so he definitely didn't pull the same card twice and cheat right. the same exact way. Well, so. see, and that's my problem with this situation because even if Jim Harbaugh was the mastermind behind this, there's no way it would have got done like it has been done. Like this dude was out here allegedly. Connor Stallions. He was out here buying tickets to all these games in his own name and like his family members' names and all this kind of stuff like that. Like, I doubt Jim Harbaugh would be like, yo, make yourself traceable or like, like, like buy these tickets and just, we're just going to let it hang out. Like, nobody will ever know. Like, I feel like if you're going to plot to do these things, it would be a little more. It would have been harder to find out. A little bit more clandestine, a little bit more Jason Bourne. Yeah, like you know, because because like like there's there's a video you would of think him. So, but people are like people are not bright. People, this is the thing. You and I grew up in the era, and people our age, we grew up in an era where there weren't cameras around, and we still were doing sneaky stuff. Listen, you just snuck into a girl's house. And stuck out before at some right. point in your life prior to 16 or 17. Right. So prior to 1994, 97. Yeah. <laughs> so you you know how to get out with a park your car, what you know, like so now if I had to do some slick stuff, I can revert back to the stuff I did back then. Well, now you can't. Like you can't you can't even lie. You can't lie because your phone says you were there. There's apps that you use on a regular basis that tell you location. I turn my location off on my phone because I remember I had Snapchat some years back. And I remember I opened it up. It had locations for like all the people who were my friends. I was thinking to myself, why would you want someone to know exactly where you were for no reason? Yeah. Like, I don't need to know. Like, you went trick or treat last night. I don't even block you to know that. But like, why are you sharing that information with me? So, right. I think people are so used to just everything being readily available and there's cameras everywhere. 
So this guy going in, it might have been a situation where he just wanted to put himself in a position where he could create an edge for himself in the hiring process and the hierarchy of assistant coaches, the hierarchy of like people who get to stay around because the college coach we talked about earlier, he is king. If you can impress Dabo Sweeney, you're there. Hell, they got goddamn pullback coaches, the, the coaches that pull you back off the sideline. That dude, had, the head coach has to trust you enough that he allows you to touch him unexpectedly. And pull, like people, like it was a dude, he was, he, I seen him tucking his khakis up. He was like ready, like he's ready to spot somebody for a squat to pull like Nick Saban back to the sideline. So to get to that level, and you're in there, you're in the coach's fraternity, you gave him all this information. You, I don't know if Mangini and Bill Belichick are having dinner anytime soon, but I bet you Josh McDaniel, Joe Judge, uh, was, uh Matt Romeo Patricia, Cornell, Romeo <laughs> Cornell, Bill O'Brien, they all went right back to New England and got jobs after they were completely unsuccessful. He would not have hired those guys if he didn't know those guys based off their performances as head coaches. They wouldn't have been able to walk into his office if he were if they weren't Bill Belichick disciples on their way out to get a job. And then to come back, like based off their performance, but he they have a bit of cachet. It might be a situation with that, but Harbaugh's an old school guy. You got to be smarter than that. Like, listen, dog, you don't need tickets. You can just watch the games. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but uh, there's there's allegedly you know a video of him on the Central Michigan sideline when they were playing against Michigan state in the opening game this season. So not even like he was in the crowd, but he was actually on the sideline, you know, and, and what not good only, is he doing on the sideline. If you don't have, I don't know, but, 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 but this is where you get into it though. So like the people that were figuring this out, they were saying how uh, the rest of the coaches had their badge, like somewhere else. And his was like up, up here and his, his was down like on his pants pocket or something. It was just like odd little things like that that are like, is he a part of this? Like, even if nobody knew who he was, it was just like everybody else is a certain way and you're not. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah. So 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 the head coach, uh, Jim McElwain, was asked about it, and he was like, I don't know nothing about that. Now, he better hope and pray to God that that guy really wasn't on his sideline and he didn't know about it. You yeah, know what keep I mean? mind, man. Some of this AI photoshopping stuff. Yeah, that exactly. That's why I said now. allegedly. That's why I said allegedly. Yeah, it's it's you chaos. Know? But but uh, but yeah. Then he had tickets to allegedly he had tickets to Ohio State and Penn State, like one seat on like each side of the stadium or something. You know, so like, is, is he buying these tickets with his sounds, own credit card? That's what it sounds like. But the problem is, is that from what I was reading, he makes about fifty five thousand dollars a year. So he ain't buying those type of tickets on his own unless he's a rich kid that, you know what I mean, got some kind of trust or something like that that we don't know about. But so that's where you would think that the university or Harbaugh or somebody else could be involved, you know. But uh, I but at this point, I have no reason to think that Jim Harbaugh is involved. Um, I know TCU's coach, Sonny Dykes, came out and said that, when they played Michigan in the playoff game last year, they had dummy signals because it was kind of known that Michigan does this. Yeah, and but realistically, everybody does it. 
like I, I talk about my my kids' youth football league. We, they they have a. It blew, it blew my mind. It was like coaches used to come to our games, and we had a couple of like I want to say zealous, overzealous parents. Excuse me. <coughs> a couple of parents. Hell, one time I even went because we had a kid that used to be on our team. He's like a family friend, and they were playing our rival. So I went to the game, and I was like, you know what? Let me take a couple of pictures of their formations <laughs> and be like, yo, this is what they do out of this formation. I told the coach because they were like the, the the team above my son's level. <coughs> so it's like, you still got to stop it. Yeah. I know that you're going to run, because like I said, we had a weight limit. It was like 140. It was 135 pounds. That's what you'd be at the weigh-in. Well, you get a kid that's 155 pounds at the beginning of August, he works out in this New Jersey summer humidity. And in September, he gets on a scale and he's 134.9. They're like, all right, you're good to go. Now he can just eat and bloom back up to 155. You don't get reweighed. So, yeah, he could be a running back and you think he's 135 because that's the, the range. But now he's probably like bloom back up to 155. So I can tell you, hey, they're going to run this sweep to the right. Your defensive, your outside linebackers and cornerbacks and safety still have to be willing to come downhill. And make a tackle on this guy, even if you know the play is coming. Yep, and, and they still got to have get, the discipline to stay in their spots. Stay in their spot, and you still got to beat the in the you know Michigan. Well, it's case, just like when you were you talking about the option earlier. That's pulling. You still got to beat the people because everybody like I could look at film and know your tendencies. Well, yeah, it's like you were like when you were talking about the option earlier. Like I know that you run the option. Why? Why they? Why Air Force still running for three hundred and forty yards a game? Yeah, you know, running, like, through people. You like, know what I mean, their quarterback uh, threw seven passes last week, and they won by seventeen points. My son's fourteen. He plays. He plays in a rec basketball league, and the coach is calling out a play. I'm sitting on the bench, and he called out a play. I think it was called Carolina, and I heard my son <coughs> telling his teammates, "Hey, they're running this. They're gonna scream me. They're gonna they're gonna scream me here. You got to get here because they're gonna get here." So it's like. Even in the course of the game, they didn't study film on this other rec basketball team. He just recognized that the play call, this happens, you got to get here. And it's like, he's 14. He doesn't have advanced film study. Just, you know what you're doing. So I don't know why Jim Harbaugh, with all the five stars, coming off a college football playoff uh, appearance. Two years in a row. Mm -hmm. Two years in a row would need to steal signs to beat Iowa or Wisconsin, like you know, what Wisconsin's gonna do? They go <laughs> behind their 1500, 1800 pounds of offensive linemen. They're gonna throw it to the tight end, and then they might take a couple of deep shots with one or two wide receivers. Well, you know what? I think I think there's a reason why college football doesn't have the microphones in their helmets like the NFL does. And I think that that reason is, is because everybody does what Jim Harbaugh is being accused of. I think that they, you know, this Con Connor Stallions guy, whether he did it on his own or he was empowered, they took it to another level, you know, but I'm sure everybody tries to get any advantage and in Intel that they can on their opponent. You know, well, um, Matt rule said it. He was like, He's like high school to have microphones in the helmets. We got these big dumb signs on the sideline. Like 
He's like, everyone does it. Everyone steals signs. It's like, that's yeah, you have to. You like you without that communication, you know, um, you have to, if, you know. And if I know this means all linebackers go, and I see him do it, I'm like, hey, they doing that thing when they're flashing five, four times. Yeah. It's like they're gonna blitz the linebackers. Yeah, and it, it, you know, so like when I look at this, uh, what I wanted to ask you about it was um, I was talking to some people, you know, um, some Michigan men, if you will. And uh, they were saying how basically like, yeah, he's out of here. He's going to the NFL, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. So here's my question. Do you think, you know, because it is on the table, if he were to be found guilty or whatever and get some kind of punishment from the NCAA and then leave for the NFL, the NFL, I guess, would be allowed to punish him as well. What do you Jim think about that? Like what they yeah, did, yeah. What, what do you think about that? I think that's stupid. I think it's dumb. I think it's like if I'm late for work at my last job and I quit and you hire me on, you can't dock my pay. <laughs> yeah, it's the same field, but it has nothing to do with you. Like you hired me. It's all about they want they want to you are not an admirable organization all the time. No organization is. So stop acting as if you are. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sell me on your morality. You don't have to sell me on your integrity. You don't have to. When it comes to money, I know anyone dealing with money, you're going to make concessions to your integrity. It mm-hmm. is what it is. You don't have to oversell me on it because you don't give a damn if Jim Harbaugh gets hired by the Las Vegas Raiders. The NCAA doesn't give a damn if he gets punished when he's in the NFL. You don't give a shit. You don't care. It has nothing to do with you. It doesn't affect Michigan football. Only thing it does affect them is like they got to get another coach. But him getting docked pay for two games. And the NFL, I think, is hired by the Las Vegas Raiders. Does what? Does that show that you have integrity over your sport that just started paying players two years ago? Mm-hmm. When players are getting paid under the table four years, mm-hmm. and we all knew it. Hell, half of them were on the cover of magazines and commercials on yachts at Drake concerts. I mean, like, let's keep it real. Anybody sitting courtside at any pub, any game, any event, or sitting ringside, courtside, uh, front row at a concert, they didn't get that because they just looked good. Mm-hmm. That's not how they got somebody paid for it. And if that's illegal, whatever the case may be, boosters should not know the players personally. You know what the boosters are there for? They're there to boost the economy of the team. They should not have mm-hmm. any direct contact with the players, but yet it was perfectly fine. They wrote the rules to where it was built that way. Don't try to sell me on integrity. You don't have it. It's like, not a it's thing. Fine. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a thing. So I, I'm I'm good with you not trying to lie to me. They don't piss in my pocket and tell me it's raining. Yeah. So yo, so we got fire Harbaugh for it because it was blatant or you warned the team or whatever the case may be, or this is a second infraction within one school year, get rid of him. But he has talent in that brain, and he took the San Francisco 49ers 
that had Mike Singletary making quotes at the podium about not being able to win. Can't win with him. Can't play with him. Can't play with him. Can't win with him. He took that same team to the Super Bowl, and he made Alex Smith literally damn near the MVP candidate, and he had Colin Kaepernick probably a pass interference call away from being Super Bowl MVP. It went all Michael Vick up in Lambeau. I mean, literally, (laughs) it's – it's no one. I don't say no one cares, but don't act like you care. We don't care. We don't care. We don't. So you know, now we get to the association, and right oh, now we got yeah. sixty-one to forty-eight Clippers at halftime over the Lakers. Kawhi Leonard with twenty-two first half points. Russell Westbrook with thirteen points. Eleven of those coming in the second quarter for the Lakers. Anthony Davis eight points, three rebounds, three of six shooting, and three LeBron rebounds, James. twenty-four minutes. And 20 minutes. And then uh, LeBron James, 17 points, three boards, and an assist on six and nine shooting. So how many points? 17. So Anthony Davis played 20 minutes? Yes. And he's got Eight three points rebounds. and three rebounds. Yes. Listen. Can't win I'm with on, him. Can't play I'm on, with I'm him. On record. <laughs> I'm not. Listen. I'm not anti-Anthony Davis. But I did not think you could rely on him. Mm-hmm. I want to say rely. There was, I didn't, I didn't see any evidence to say he was going to rise above the, uh, the, 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 the 2020 championship player that he was. I think that was like, that was the best he probably was going to be. I mean, he's With, had a lot of injuries, you know. Like, you have to think that. Not even the injuries. Like, when he's just, just when he's healthy. Like, when he's when he's out there healthy, Anthony Davis doesn't do anything offensively or defensively that makes you game plan but, but for when him. He's healthy, but when he's healthy, is he healthy? <laughs> I don't know. Like, for instance, if Luka has the ball in his hand, and he dribbles from one side of the wing or one side of the elbow to the other side, you got a plan for whoever's guarding him to go from right to left, left to right. Mm-hmm. If Giannis is coming to the paint, you have a whole defensive strategy for him. Uh, I think LeBron now, he might have a little bit. They might have to send less help because he doesn't. He doesn't exert himself all the way to the to the cup like he used to. Because I mean, let's, let's keep it a bean. He's almost forty, right. but like that Miami Heat, LeBron. Like you tried to do stuff, you just couldn't do anything with it. Steph, you run guys at him, or you get your most most athletic guy that can just run with them, or you switch everything. So like he's essentially running against fresh guys as he's moving around. Anthony Davis, you can play him straight up, whatever guys guarding him. You don't send send any help. You don't have to do anything. You just play him straight up. And that's the thing. People were treating him like he was one of these ultra impactful guys. And he wasn't. He just was a really good guy. He was, he is Miles Turner with opportunity. Hmm. I haven't heard that one before. Okay. I like because, it. I like because it. people want because because people want to throw him into the same realm of the Embiid. Embiid, you have to game plan for Embiid because Embiid is going to show up and he's going to make sure 
you adjust to how great he is playing that day. See, you did it again. I was just about to say, how the hell did Philly get that trade without Terrence Mann being included? And why did it? Why did we wait till now to make this trade? Because sometimes, man, the divorce is bitter. It's bitter, and you may say, you know what? I want, I want the summer house here, and I want the lake house. You can get the beach house. And you're like, you know what? Just finally, just give me, give me the lake house. You get whatever you want. Just take that and go. And I think they were going to get to that point with James Harden because it was like, there's no reason for him. There's no reason for him to come back to Philly. He already said he wasn't going to do it. No one else was going to give you anything. And the Clippers probably have the most eccentric uh, expectation-based money owner. I think he might be the richest owner in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody, maybe someone has more, but I think his net worth was somewhere in the 40, 50 billion when he bought the team. So he was, he's probably in the position to risk more, even though it's not that much in the, in the, right, grand, in the grand scheme, scheme of it. Yeah. For a billionaire to risk 35 million on a player, it's probably not that much considering that the licensing deal that he's going to get for his new stadium mm-hmm. is going to be fucking. 10 times that per year for the next X amount of years, whatever the case may be, you know what, however the math works out. One thing we know about James Harden though, he is a loyal dude, bro. He is loyal. Wherever he go to himself, he going to make sure. No, wherever he go, he going to try his damnedest to get PJ Tucker with him. He going to try. Yeah. I mean, Philly definitely, it might be one of those things you win for losing. You lose James Harden, who is, when he's on, he's on. Can you get Houston James Harden now? I don't know how many years have passed. Can you get, you know, the the Brooklyn James Harden when they had had KD, Kyrie, and him? If you can get 23 and 11, or we'll just be. But that's the crazy thing. You don't even need that because Paul George is playing lights out right now. You know, like Kawhi has put up 22 in the first half. So, like. Do you bring Russ off the bench? Do you bring James off the bench? Do you bring Harden off the bench? That's what I was going to say. So, it's like, do you, like. Because Paul George and Russell Westbrook seem to have something. Does Kawhi have a, you know. A, a thigh bruise that he needs a couple of games off and you start him. You know, do you you use is James Harden your leverage piece against the new uh low management rules? Does he give you that, you know, additional ace in the hole? Because Cart, you know, is just these guys are older. That's the only thing. Basketball's a young man's game. Except there's a few exceptions to the rule. And the way the NBA is just allowed that to just be the standard. The Warriors getting whatever they want. The Lakers are making all these trades every single year. Right? Wherever LeBron goes, they make a bunch of trades, especially the last few years. James Harden getting whatever he wants. Kyrie's going wherever he kind of wants. KD's getting what he wants. So the league is kind of like, like hitched their wagon to like six or seven guys. And it's like, hey. You guys, six. We'll, we'll go 
six to eight, maybe nine guys. We're going to put you guys on opening night. We're going to put you on Christmas. You're going to be on the billboards. We're going to put you in the commercials that we play during the game. We need you to carry us. Problem is, three or four of these guys want to be on the same team all the time. <laughs> so now I can't even, like, I can't put Orlando Detroit primetime Christmas. So what do you think about what Philly got back? Uh, I, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't really look at it because I didn't, it I didn't hear a single name that was like worth having back. Yeah, that's how I feel. They got a uh, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum. They got Nick Little King and Martin. Our age. They got Little King and Martin, and then uh, they got a twenty twenty eighth unprotected first round pick, two second round picks, and a, yeah, a twenty twenty nine swap. We'll be 46 when that draft happens. And <laughs> and a first-round pick by way of OKC. 46. We'll be 46 when that draft happens. We'll be 46-year-old men when that draft happens. That's nuts. Our children will be double digits. All of our children will be double digits in age by the time that draft happens. Think about That's that. Nuts. That's our nuts. kids are toddlers. I'll have two of them in college. <laughs> but, but it's like... Like my grandkid would be seven. Like I mean, like let's 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 be real. Like that's that doesn't make any sense. Like that deal is just basically take the beach house and leave me alone. That's all <laughs> it is. It's there's no. I don't. I imagine that Morris is probably gonna work a buyout. Yeah. I think Covington will be I don't know a, where he fits. I think he'll Covington be a good piece to coming play back defense. to Philly. Yeah. Uh, does he want to come back? Do they shaft him on the way out? Does he yeah. does he take a buyout and go down to Miami and yeah, play Nick for Batum. two and a half million? Nick Batum is the ghost of Nick Batum and Batum will be number man number eleven on the bench. He gets and, no and run. They got little Kenyon, so maybe he gives them a little bit of athleticism because that's maybe one of the he things. Gives you yeah, that, that was one of the things that I feel like Philly is missing. You know, when you're going up against Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, you know, with Donovan Mitchell and Mobley now, you know, um, and uh, Garland, you know, you go up against the Knicks, you know, like you got R.J. Barrett, you know, so I, so, so I feel like. Julius Randle, you know what I mean? You got guys, you got guys in New York that can play good basketball. The point that I was trying to make was Julius Randle <laughs> does not fit. Was that they have athleticism, you know? Like Philly is real stiff. Like, like Maxi is fast, but Tobias Harris is not dynamic. Philly's like the, the East, the East, the uh, Eastern Conference Lakers. Yeah, that yeah, that actually makes sense. It's like you have you have what what resembles talented players, and if you simply look at talent. To wins, you're like, oh, this makes sense because Tobias Harris can do this. This makes sense because Maxi can do this. This makes sense because Embiid is this much better than XYZ. It's the same thing you get when you talk about LA. AD can do this. Uh, Austin Reeves is up and coming. He could do this. LeBron is this much better. But then when you try to put it all together, all together, they're constantly putting just pieces together. And hoping it works just because yeah they just, just because you have this like so this, instead of looking at the players they're looking at characteristics and but not putting the age factor into it a know. how quickly can you move are can we run 
San Antonio last night versus Phoenix. I'm I'm willing to guess guess if we did the math, if we pulled it up right now, the average age of San Antonio's team is I'm gonna say 24 and a half. All right. I'll look that up. So you you'll look that up. So I'm gonna say about 24 and a half, 20, 24 to 25. And oh, by the way, the Suns and the Spurs play tomorrow too. So what they're able to do is they can put one B on the bench. And then just kind of run. Uh, try and think of the the word I want to use. Twenty three point five two years old. That's what I, that's what I was like I said. I was gonna go with twenty three and a half at first. Uh, I said twenty three and a half. I said twenty four. Twenty four and a half. Yeah. Twenty four and a half. Yeah. So what you have, what you're allowed to do is just run your defensive sets with energy, and then you can run your offense. A lot of ball movement because every one of your players, they're very young. They can move. Wimby, Wimby was just cutting through the lane, and you got to respect it. But he's so young, he's moving so quick. And then you got guys like Johnson. Uh, what's the guy that just got the uh, – I want to mess his name up. Vassell. Vassell. Evan Vassell, you could, yeah. You, he, got, he just got the extension. So it was it – Yeah, was you know what I heard the game. other day? Somebody said that he is on a Devin Booker like trajectory. I can respect that, but the problem is you gotta put them on TV, you gotta keep them together, you gotta allow it to work. Mm-hmm. So the trap on Kevin Durant, you I would have thought they would have had Wimby out there when he caught the pass. Wimby was in the middle of the floor, they had a couple other guys trap him. Ken Johnson pulled out of his hand, but Wimby was right there. But Wimby was there for the putback. So Man, the, Lakers a bunch of, the Lakers are probably averaging about 28 and a half, 29. 29.9. And just for comparison, Golden State is 27.8. And then you got Philly. What's Philly? Philly is 27.1. Just like the Lakers. Lakers at 29. Mm-hmm. But that's that's skewed because you have LeBron, so that 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 kind of bumps it up a little bit. And you got AD who's you know thirty. Oh, hold on, time out. My bad. I was looking at the wrong season. My bad. Uh, <laughs> My bad. Lakers are twenty eight point one. Still old. Uh, the Warriors are twenty eight point eight. So okay, here's pop quiz. Who's the oldest team in the league? <laughs> the Golden State Warriors. The Clippers. Oh, that's that was easy. Twenty nine point six. And this is pre Harden or post Harden. When was this article? Oh, so they're by far the oldest team in the league. You know, uh, I'm trying to find. Hold on, real quick. Keep going. Trying to find something. Let's see. And I I want to bring up something that I heard Amon Shumper say, and this is why I feel like the NBA and and, and fans, you got to be honest with yourself. He was doing an interview. I m- might have brought this up last week, but he was talking about oh, yeah, you know, but how, how Davis. Could you, right yeah. he was like, could you play right now? He was like, well, yeah, but that's because I don't have to guard Luca and Dame and everybody else. The reason he says that because he's like, Jordan talked about he only wore shoes one game because he played so hard. He would like play through his shoes. 
And then you saw in the last dance where he wore the Jordan ones and his feet were bleeding. It's a different level of athleticism. I remember my father was telling me he went to a Georgetown game back in the like early, probably the early nineties when we were, like my dad was, we were stationed in Northern Virginia, him and his friend, they snuck down close to the Georgetown bench. He was like, it's a waste of money to sit courtside. He's like, man, these dudes are moving so fast. I couldn't tell what's going on. He was like, I look one way. He was like, it was like a tennis match. He was like, the guys are moving so fast. And that was a college game. So at the NBA level, it was like, you need, I need 22 to 25 year old guys that can play every night. I don't know what I'm going to do with James Harden, Russ, Kawhi, Paul George. I don't know what I can do with LeBron and AD, even though they are ultra talented historically in the sport. I'm not saying they're past their prime, but just in a sheer numbers game, the Spurs are going to be able to outrun you off of every rebound if they decide. Coach Carter. OKC. I taught you to run. OKC. Rebound and run. Beat. We can get, if we can get, because what's, what's the game? If you get a game 30, if you get 30 fast break points in a game, that is outrageous. But you can get that when you are. 23-year-old San Antonio <laughs> playing against 29.9, 30-year-old. Essentially, when you add, when you yeah. add James Harden and start lineup, or whatever the case to how that works out. I mean, you don't have to be great defensive scheme, but they shoot a lot of threes. Threes right. turn, long, turn the long rebounds. So if Chet Holmgren sees a three go up and he's defending Russ and it's probably going to be off because he's seven foot two. It's going to be off. He comes down. He defends it. His feet touch the floor. He just runs up the floor. Giddy gets the rebound, turns, Holmgren's at the rim. Throw it up there. Get and, a quick don't, and don't let Holmgren develop that Kevin Love outlet either. Giddy, and Giddy's a willing passer, and he's 6'8". So he's he got all got, that energy, you know, since, you know, he's my favorite virgin. You know, you got to. <laughs> I don't know how people let this information out, but I know, I'm, like, well, I think it was Chris Leak where, uh, when he was at Florida, he said he wasn't going to lose his virginity until they won the national title. And you then know? Tim Tebow, they said he just show him like little naked pictures, and he would go running high in the locker room, <laughs> crazy stuff like that. But yeah, so you know, uh, that's a young man's game. Ask yeah. Tom Gore. In his latest stand-up, when he talked about he tore his patella and broke his arm at the same time, and the doctor asked him what happened, car accident, he goes, dunk contest. Well, at a certain age, man, it's like you're a superior athlete, but you're also going against other. No, that's gonna be me trying to do this. Uh, that's gonna be me trying to do this tough mutter next week. Take your time. You know, sad. It didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know they signed us up for the 15k. You better get a bike. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. You know what I'm saying? So that Tuesday after, it's on Saturday. That Tuesday after, I still might be recovering. Yeah, you know? he's not breaking <laughs> his eyelashes. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. The trade the trade was the, tra- the trade was inevitable. Like I said, I think both sides ruined the trade value mm-hmm. by just not getting a room and say, listen, I'm not gonna say shit publicly. You don't say anything publicly because James Harden could have been in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I see people putting money on the Clippers now to win the title. That's because people don't understand how you know clocks work. 
<laughs> and how calendars work. There's no reason to believe that the Clippers are going to win a championship. There's no evidence Correct. to support it. Correct. Not one. Correct. You know, I mean, I guess like whenever. Unless your argument is they got James. Yeah, they got a bunch. They don't have 2014 Paul George. Well, whenever Kawhi takes his, well, whenever Kawhi takes his sabbatical, you know, they got an extra fill in now. But even with that, it's like, I don't, I think you can win. If they play 20 games between now and the end of this calendar year, between now and Christmas, yeah, you probably can go 13 and 7, 14 and 6. But are you going to be able to sustain that through March to lock yourself in a position of where you're in position to be a number one seed? Avoid the play in. Avoid the play in, or either. Being a number one, number two seed because Denver seem to be very complete. They have like their their core players work together. Dame Lillard and Giannis. That seems like it could work, but it's still new. It's early right now, but Denver's second in uh Denver's second in points given up. You know, defensive points given up per game. So, you know, they Denver got a defense. If you know, if can they hold that up? Can they maintain that? Especially if you, if you're, your best defender is gonna have to guard Jamal Murray. Your biggest, your biggest defender is gonna have to guard Jokic. So hopefully, your biggest defender is good. <laughs> if not, Jokic is gonna just. Oh, that was. We'll a see. Double pass. Well, see, that's why I thought that Denver got lucky last year in the fact that. Not lucky, but you know what I mean. They that they, they avoided the Warriors. Yeah, that they avoided the Warriors because I think the Warriors could have still gave them a, a matchup problem. Like, uh, nah, I don't think so. No, I think no, I think you would have put Draymond on them. On Jokic? Yeah, yeah, but I think Draymond. I, mean, I think remember, Draymond remember at one point. Or remember at one point, Hachimura was the Jokic stopper. <laughs> then he averaged like a, almost a triple double in that series. <laughs> <laughs> no one's a stopper of great players. It's a matter of like the role players. Can you? Who's going to hit the threes? Is what it comes you know, down to now. Like, like, like in the NBA Finals, it came down to Struess and Vincent weren't hitting their shots. You know, like I give you that because I think Struess what oh, game one he went like oh for nine or something like that. So like oh for nine or oh for ten or something like that. Yeah, but he came like game two, which I think that game two is a game that they won. I think it was just it was a my physicality. They were just too big. They were just too big. They were too big. Gary Payton was in the paint and didn't even look at the rim. They did. They didn't have uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they were big and skilled. You know, like Looney's big, but he's like a ogre. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, there's Jokic. highlights of him from high school. He was a, he was a beast. But, but Jokic, most of these guys were beasts but, in high but, school. But Jokic and Aaron Gordon, like Aaron Gordon's that like prototypical guy that you want in today's league. He was your guy that was like, yo, this is my role. Watch how me, watch how I dominate this position. Watch right. how. I defend hard, and they know he loves a dunk. Like so I can guard, I can guard LeBron, 
and I can switch over to AD and our defense doesn't suffer. Yeah, and I can beat LeBron on a fast break, and I can beat AD. So I can beat the other team's best players off the rebound on a break and defend them in the half court. Right. And my team respects me, and they'll give me the rock. Right. Like they'll give they'll give me the ball and they'll 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 look for me on a fast break. Like so that's that's the piece is like like Javel McGee threw up this aggressive ass hook shot. I can't believe he's still in the league. I like him I though, but I, I, I didn't think he still would be in the league. Shacking the fool. Yeah, I guess his mom had to call him. But yeah, so <laughs> the NBA, it was good. It was good to have a trade. Uh we talked about the NFL. NFL just seemed like Washington dumped their players off and we probably I think that Devontae Adams trade probably would have been probably the most impactful trade. I think the only team that would have really made a real offer at this point in the season that really needed them would be Kansas City. And, and they weren't gonna do that. They weren't they weren't gonna do that in division. Yeah. Like I can't I couldn't see them doing that. Um but I did notice McCole Hartman didn't get 17 when he came back to Kansas City. So I was thinking maybe I don't know who 17 is on the roster right now in Kansas City. But I was like, maybe they were like holding out, hoping that they could get Devontae Adams and kept 17 available. But that's just me. Well, just well even a, with San Francisco, like research conspiracy theories. Well, even with San Francisco, like what are the chances that they bring Chase Young back next year? You know, they just paid Hargrave and uh you know, I'm sure they paid Bosa not too long ago. I think Bolts is still trying to get paid. Oh, yeah. He, he might be still, out Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah, because he was going to hold out. Yeah, yeah. There was somebody else. Hold on. I, I had it in my notes. There was somebody else that they paid besides Hargrave. Um, like, no, I think, they did, think? I think they did pay Bosa. Like, he held out, but I think they paid him. Like, uh, I think he held out and he came in. Yeah, I think, but I think they paid him when he came in. Like, who do you think should have made a move? Like, NBA wise, yeah, they gave him they gave him five years, one seventy with one twenty two. Oh yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he, yeah, so he came back and got paid. So so now that they so now that they paid him and Hargraves, they can't really have the money to pay Young too. No. uh, Chicago's gonna pay Chase Young next year. And, and put them back with sweat. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. when I watched the game the other night, they kept talking about how much uh, cap money Chicago had. And that's another thing that hurt uh, James Harden in this deal was that most teams weren't, most teams didn't have the assets or the cachet available to trade for you without hurting their team. The right. Clippers doesn't hurt their team to give up those those pieces that they gave up and like the picks or whatever in the future and who knows what the state of college basketball or even amateur basketball is going to be in five years i love these stats turn so man, eight eight no against lebron james yeah i saw that somebody posted <laughs> and went on some kind of like he's not even playing tonight people. You know, he's not even playing tonight. They're still Who's the home game. Is it home for the Lakers or home for the Clippers? What color is the floor? Uh, this the Lakers. It's the Lakers, so they got the yeah. banners up. Yeah, uh, I'm watching. I got the Golden got State the, Warriors. They got Kings the U- game on. 
they got the graping urine on the floor. You know, um, you know, yeah. So the play in starts Friday. You know, uh, we talked about that briefly, and you know, I just want to say, you know, I am not for the play in, but I am here for Denver for Denver the versus Dallas. Tournament. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah, Denver Denver versus Dallas. I am here for that Friday night. So, you know, I'll be watching that. But not because it's the play-in tournament, just because it's Luka and Jokic. The end-season tournament. Listen, if we're going to be world-famous podcasters. Dude. <laughs> that, that, yeah, you, yeah, you're not, you're not a big fan of it. And honestly, yeah. like, my thing is they're doing it. They're doing yeah. something. Baseball tried it with the clock. Uh, NFL tried it with what the NFL do to kind of like bullshit things. Made the it NFL more just let the offensive, yeah, they just let, let the, the offense do what they want, do whatever they want, and then that's how you know a defensive player is really, really good. That's how you know Sauce Gardner is as good as advertised, considering like his rookie year and what he didn't give up in receptions and touchdowns and things of that nature. Considering the the way the games molded, um. So, like, my thing is, like, the NBA, you're trying. The owners are trying to take the power back of the governors. Is that, is that the word? The vernacular? Yeah, the governors, yeah. We don't use that word no more. They're trying <laughs> to take the power back from the players, and I respect it. But the only reason they're doing it and they're and it makes sense is because even the fan bases are like, yeah, we're good with you not giving these old dudes $45 million a year. But if you get a guy like De'Aaron Fox, um, who else? John Morant, Zion Williamson, SGA, Holmgren. When these guys start becoming the marquee players and you, you know, you get LeBron, who's, I mean, realistically, best case scenario, has to retire at the end of the next season. Can't go longer than that, right? I mean, shit. healthy, like healthy through this year, healthy through next year. But I mean, how many years do you want to go 37 and 45? Oh, no, I wouldn't be opposed to him leaving after this season. That's from, but I doubt it because he, 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 he he's going to want his fell word tour. Yeah. He's going to want his Kobe, like the way out Draymond Green told Paul Pierce, like, you're not Kobe. They don't love you like that. Um, So I imagine that he's going to make the announcement. So wherever Bronny ends up next year, but at some point it's you're gonna get back to where the players have a little bit more leverage. But right now the guys that want leverage are just old. So it makes it look like the owners are really doing their thing, but really they're just making smart business decisions. It's like I'm not giving you four years, forty million dollars a year when you're thirty seven years old. Yo, what did the Lakers what did the Lakers get back when they gave up Zubak? Heartache. They gave him up for nothing. Whoever, <laughs> whoever they gave him up for, because um, I feel like they, I feel like he kills the Lakers every time. Like they play, they play each other. Like it was. I like remember Skip Bayless talked about that a lot. Either Skip Bayless or Nick Ray, one of the people on Fox Sports One, talked about how they basically gave up Zubak for nothing because I remember the deal. When a trade happened and Zubak was in it, I don't know who the trade was for, but I remember thinking, like, why'd they give him up? Because he was young, Michael big body. Michael Beasley and Mike Muscala. 
And Michael Beasley's out here making Instagram basketball videos. Yeah, and Mike I Muscala. think he might be in the big three. I think Mike Muscala's on the Wizards now. <laughs> Mike Muscala, wasn't he on the um he was on the Thunder for, for a minute? I thought he was on the Celtics last year. He might have been. He's on the Wizards now, though. It's only like 12 American-born white basketball players, and it's yeah, he was on Boston last year. But yeah, he left Oklahoma, like he was with Oklahoma City, then Boston, and now he's with the Wizards. So yeah, like yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think the James Harden trade changes the landscape of the hierarchy of the Western Conference. Maybe it helps the maybe it helps the Clippers win a series. You know, maybe that's the difference. But they were gonna win a series. Maybe. I just I'm not it's this it's not this is not an indictment on James Harden's talent. I just don't think that he has the same level of impact as an individual mm-hmm. that people think. Yeah. It's like that name and the James Harden you're thinking about is from 2018. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the last like <coughs> definitive best player in the league conversation and then after that he just kind of stopped why ain't d'angelo russell better uh because you don't want to be you don't want to be better mm. yeah i think okay. he wants to be d'lo he wants <laughs> to be and that's it because i saw a video james it was like lebron james in the timeout or like in the huddle on the sideline was like, Hey, when I come here and I scream, you know, on the pick and roll, I could pop here to be open. Uh, he was like, I know what they're going to do. This is what I do. This is what I do. I know things, you know, type of thing. Uh, they came out and D'Angelo Russell came, they, the screen came, he called for the screen. And then D'Angelo Russell shot a three point off the dribble. Mm-hmm. But he had just explained to him, give me the ball here. You'll be open here. And he just shot it. <laughs> like I said, yeah, there's I like he... so many teams that I look back at, you know, uh, and then we'll wrap this up. But like, I mean, I be sitting there. I'd be like, yo, the, the Warriors, I mean, not the Warriors, the Wolves, the T-Wolves, they had Wiggins and Levine and then got cat. And it was just like y'all couldn't make that work. Like not even like y'all they had Jimmy w- Butler and Cat at the same time, right? They did. They did. You know, because that yeah, that was the whole thing. He when he took the third shooters and beat everybody. Thing. Yeah, and he was going Jeff at Cat. That story is so funny. He's like, yeah, Jimmy Butler didn't shoot the ball. But like my whole thing is like, obviously, not everybody can win a title. You know, not everybody can be a contender. But it's like with the three of them, how did that not at least like you, they put fear in not, somebody? How could you not build around yeah. three young talented? Why couldn't they players? have been the new OKC? Like obviously, like Orlando's going to do the same thing. Market, what, what's today? Right now, I'm in. Okay, so we're still November first. Yeah, November first. Orlando's going to do it. Detroit's going to do it. OKC is going to do it. 
They're going to have a young core of three. And they're going to have an opportunity to say, you know what? Let's build around this core. Let's pay what we got to pay for rookie extensions, veteran exemptions, whatever it is we got to do. Let's keep the coach. Let's keep mm-hmm. the core. And they're not going to do it. Orlando won't do it. Detroit won't do it. Okay, C won't do it. Houston won't do it. All these young teams are going to look and think that uh, I can bring in a guy like Kyrie or I can bring in James Harden. I can bring in Kawhi. I can bring in Paul George when he's done with his contract. And and they're going to move their young talent and they're going to bring in a guy. Not everybody could do what LaMelo and Brandon Miller doing, huh? <laughs> and I watch it, it just 43.8% from three. It's the it's the nature of the NBA. They yeah. they do not like Harrison Barnes is still playing basketball. Yep. And still playing the exact same way, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Golden State didn't break up their big three. They probably no. had a couple of years where they were down and then Russ, not Russ, but uh, Wardell broke his hand. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, let's charge this year. Let's charge it. It is what it is. Let's get some development. Let's see what we got. Um, but it's over, though. It's over it. now. It's over now. No more titles for them. It's over. Uh, I mean, you're probably right, but you're not like you're really out on the ledge. No, this is this is my Max Kellerman. This is my Max Kellerman off the cliff moment when Steph's going to come back and average thirty six in the finals and win another Finals MVP. <laughs> it would be chaos if that's the case. I'm so sick of these teams kicking everything out to the three point line. There you go, Sabonis. What are you getting there? I know it, but uh, yeah. So you know, but yeah, like I, uh, I don't know, man. Like you know it's still real early in the season so we'll see how the season develops but so far so good you know i'm enjoying what i'm seeing so far you know um like like i'm deliberately looking out like granted yes i want to see the warriors i I think they move the needle but i'm not gonna not watch basketball until the game is warriors lakers yeah like i'll watch warriors okc whenever that game is yeah we travel on island of relevancy around here yeah you know, I want to see Houston. I want to see Orlando and Detroit so I can see the brothers play against each other. Hey, Detroit's been looking good so far. You know, um, I'm impressed. You know, um, the, the twins, both of them, like, you know, it's going to be a long season, you know, as they get it together because, you know, by my statistical tracking, <laughs> <laughs> let me find my paper, by my statistical paper. Yo, Clay has no drip. What up? Asar is shooting 32.4% from the field and 14% from three. Our man coming in tonight was better at 42% and 20 from three. You know, uh, Brandon Miller, we talked about before we came on, you know, like Henderson. I mean, school Henderson. That's what I meant to say. Uh, 5.6% from three. Yeah. 33% from the floor. 8.3 points for assists. You know, so remember, this is the guy they gave up Dame for. You know, but uh, how about Wimby 2.3 blocks and Chet with 2.8 blocks a game? So, you know, um, 
Brandon Miller is the leading rookie scorer right now, 17.3 points per game. The only person that confidently shoots over Wimby is Kevin Durant. Nobody else will have that same level of confidence. Yep. And I will be watching it tomorrow night, you know, flipping in between uh, Steelers and Titans with a little bit of Duke Wake Forest and TCU Texas Tech because I'm a sicko. You're the man's obsessed. You know what I'm saying? Watching it all. So, you know, but on that note, y'all, you know what I'm saying? It's midnight for Mr. Logical. You're... You know what I'm saying? I got to get up in like six hours. So we're going to bid you adieu. You know what I'm saying? But not without saying, oh, wrong one, wrong one. Without saying that we <laughs> love you. Yeah. Hit y'all with that 2 5 daily. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We'll be back later this week. Peace. You're.